from Washington, D.C., this is the Beyond the Dumbbells Show, your source of information and inspiration for living an audacious life. An audacious life. Hear interviews and social banter with special guests on Fitspiration and news from around the globe. Here are your hosts, fitness and lifestyle experts, Brian and Jenny Sweeney. All right, awesome. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Dumbbells. I'm super excited because I've got a great uh, friend and colleague here that's going to chat on the industry of fitness and not just the lifestyle that usually surrounds it. So we're excited to introduce Barbara Brodowski. Um, Barbara, I'm going to let you do your own intro because I actually don't know if I could do you justice with how long you've been in the business. <laughs> Is so, that how old I am? No, uh, no, that's how seasoned and conditioned. Yeah, yes. What are, yes, I've been around. And listen, if you've been around this long in the fitness industry, you're doing something right. Um, right. I, I work for Beach Beachbody. I'm the Senior Director of Field Operations and Fitness. And I have been in the industry since, gosh darn, since high school. So I started my first teaching job in high school, teaching aerobics. So 20 years. Oh, yeah, give or take. Give or take. <laughs> um, now, operations is a, if you don't know, because Barb and I have been friends now for yeah. um, just about seven years. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that role, that operations, it's kind of defining what Beachbody's dip into the commercial world is, not just the in-home stuff, but this is everything outside of the in-home studio or the in-home yeah. gym. Um, so Barb's responsible, responsible for recruiting and identifying talent. Um, making sure that the talent is all up to speed with where the industry is and to find and develop um, that high end worth of uh, value of the trainer, it takes a keen eye and it takes experience and you have to understand where the industry is going and where it's come from. And those are the things we're going to get into today. Um, so her title doesn't really cover what your skill set is. I mean, it, well, thanks. Um, but um, I, I always say I just keep the trains running. That's always I just keep the fitness trains running. Spinning plates. Um, yeah, right. You've got a bunch of plates spinning there. Yeah. So uh, why I'm excited today is because you're going to bring, um, I keep talking about um, where the industry has gone and where we're going, but in my limited East Coast view, um, fitness is born on the West Coast. Um, the trends always start out there and you're going to see more uh, in your fitness crystal ball about what's coming than we are here, I think, on the East Coast. Yeah. So I guess just to get started, we've got a small little kind of dialogue that I'd like to scope out, but we're going to get into just uh, letting this thing take a natural route. So trends in the fitness industry, where you've started. So if you can look back now, would you have ever expected that things are the way they are now? Or um, did you kind of see this come? Um, it's weird. I, I, would, I would almost say I saw it coming because you and I work together so well because you, um, we, cut, we have two different perspectives on fitness. So you're, you were always the more technical side. And I was more the, let's just get people moving side, you know? So we were always a good team because I was like, just get them in the door, make them have fun, get yeah. them moving. And let's, it's kind of a bait and switch. And you had more of this technical side. So when we got them in the door, we would educate them more. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So what I've seen over the past several years is your, your model of educate more, edu more um, deep rooted education is actually going to be the unique selling proposition for those who survive the industry. So just being able to just being able to lead a class isn't enough anymore. No, no, because because you can get that anywhere, YouTube, Instagram, you know, everyone's selling something right now. So what is the unique selling proposition that's gonna make a difference in someone's life? You it's it's funny you said that because um, like Body Rock TV was real big. Um, Shoot, about seven, eight years ago, yeah. I was just, a, just a fitness person on YouTube doing crushing workouts. And now everyone's kind of caught up to, hey, I can put a good workout together. Yeah. 
And now that's become the minimum standard. You know, just the Body Rock TV too was the first one to use um, images. Mm. Do you remember some of the images they put on there? It would catch your attention, like this this beautiful girl that's like size two, but with that was very well endowed, and it was a little more sexy. Yeah. You know? So the screenshot caught your attention, but then when you, once you got into that, they actually had some decent content. Yes, they did. You know, they had decent content, but the it was almost like that. Um, that, that visual that's like, whoa, 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 who's this? Jim porn. I was going to, I don't want to say it, but yeah, it's Jim porn. Yeah. That's okay. It's sounds rated. That's right. Um, it's, it's, yeah. So now with, um, and you and you and I've had a lot of um, offline conversations about being able to teach a group class and being able to cue and um, uh, drive energy. Uh, mm -hmm. But now we've got clients with greater needs and yeah. we're coming to the workouts and they're not seeing progress anymore. Um, where do you kind of see the gap in what, what people have brought to the table till now and what they're going to have to have on hand to be exceptional? Well, there's so much content out there that now if you can't coach it, it doesn't matter. You know, you have to, you have to be able to coach someone to success. And mm -hmm. if you can't coach someone, drill down and have them do what you actually, what's actually needed to be done to change their body or change their mindset, then it's all just white noise. You know, so our role in the fitness industry now, in my, in my estimation, is to maybe not have so many classes or so many things, but have the right things. And the right things for different people are going to be different. You know, like one person might need more yoga and strength or more cardiac, whatever, nutrition, whatever it is. People have different needs. Yep. And so we have to have this um, drilled down approach you know, only offer five things versus offer 30 things. But these five things are so strong and so well coached and so well managed, it'll make a difference. You know, because right now, like I said, you, you can get information anywhere, but it's, is it the right information? Is it solid information? You know, people talk about gut health all the time now, Brian, and I'm grateful they're doing that. But now there's this different spins on what actual gut health is and how to get there. And, but, it, it, but science is science. Like you can't argue with science, but sure. someone's going to try to sell you something sexy. It's not going to work, but it has a sexier selling proposition. So someone's going to waste their money and then eventually gut health will get a bad rap. I've yeah. seen it. I've seen it before. You know, it's people are trying to create one degree differences so that they can make their product stand out a little bit more, oh, yeah. a little bit more attention. But yeah. um, these are, aren't all one degree differences off the center. They're one degree differences off each other. So you mm -hmm. can, Exactly. Off, right. Way off to the left. Um, yeah. And gut health, you brought that up as well, because most most healthcare professionals now, and when I say healthcare professional, I'm talking fitness is the lower end of that, um, mm -hmm. lowest rung on that ladder. Mm -hmm. is that we're in the preventative field, whereas healthcare is mostly in the reactive field. So we're right. trying to help people not have to go to the doctor. Correct. So obviously, it's beyond most people's, not just scope, but um, capabilities, because they've right. lived in that fitness bubble for so long, they live in the beat that um, they don't recognize that to be able to serve the client in a 360 model, they're going to have to, they're going to have to evolve and they're not going to make it. You've mentioned that already. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's funny. Um, if you want to know everything I've seen in the industry, oh my gosh, every time I go to, I just got back from the idea fitness conference and this year it's CBD oil, you know, every year it's something different. Every year it's something different. And then there's different spins of it. It's in the water. It's, it's, it's hard kombucha. You know, it's like CBD water. It's like everyone's trying to make a buck on the latest thing. And my fear for that is CBD oil has, has um, absolutely great um, benefits, but it's going to be so watered down and so 
as crapified a word, it's going to be so junk eventually that, that it's not going to serve its purpose anymore when it has an amazing purpose, but it's going to get so watered down that three years from now, like, ah, CBD doesn't work. Yeah. But it actually does in its proper form when it's taken properly and when it's, you know, created, refined the best way possible. So well, every year it's something different. We're already, so we're already looking at where regulation has interfered with some, and for a good reason, we had uh, FenFen and we had some of the health related supplements in the past and mm-hmm. then we got involved, but with CBD, the fear now is they're going to regulate it and take it out of everyone's hands as far as accessibility. And it's going to require- But they, but they won't take the pot, the pot shops. I'm um, right. off the corner street, you know, right. from my office, I could, I could walk three blocks and find three places that will sell me, you know, weed like that, you know? Well, it's not medicinal at that point. Well, no, I guess it still is out in California. Well, they'll, they'll say it is, but anybody can buy it. Yeah, fantastic. Um, now, because there's been such a change in the industry, um, I think everyone's definition of what health and fitness is um, has kind of been distorted. Uh, distorted. The needles moved a little bit, and before mm-hmm. we used to change body image. Um, and then we are now shifting towards with CrossFit and, um, hurt training and high intensity stuff. It's gotten to where, no, 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 it's gotta be this type of conditioning or it's gotta be not too many are focusing on wellness. Um, it's just seems fitness and burning competition. Uh, where, how do you define health and fitness? Well, it's interesting. I, my generation and your generation too, Brian, I'm a little older than you, but, um, the generation Xers were the most adaptable generation. So we not we own the industry still, and we really Generation X owns the industry. The unfortunate part of that is if you've not evolved over the past thirty years, um, it's a very sick industry. It's like they're not mentally right in the head, no. and it takes a lot. Because my generation, you got to remember, when I started teaching fitness, it's it you know there wasn't a whole lot of options out there. Just high impact aerobics, and most of us came to the table to teach classes from a place that probably wasn't that healthy. You know, um, it was because we wanted to lose weight. All these, all these images that were being thrown at us, these brand new supermodels, you know, this, this image of health had, had changed. It has completely changed. So over the past 30 years in the industry, if you've adapted well and you've seen the changes and you've made, m- made the proper steps to mentally get your head right, yeah. you can survive this industry because where it's gone is, Back in the day, it was just about cardio, cardio, cardio. You know, uh, my generation has never seen the full spectrum of fitness, but we've adapted it into our lifestyle so we can stay relevant and hopefully make a difference. Because to me, different parts of my life, I will tell you that, well, let me start, let me back up. P- people my, of my generation who are still teaching fitness, and that is a lot of us, yep. um, we came to the table with not the right mindset. So we have not done right by our um, consumers. And I don't want to blame our generation for the reason why um, we've not you know, moved the needle when it comes to obesity, but we've been responsible for the past 25 years. We started the fitness industry, you know, we're, 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 we started it and we're still moving in it, but we haven't done the best to move the needle because of our own mindset. So now I feel like people are still making it, who are trying to make a difference. It's not, it's no longer about, um, what you look like visually. Though I'll tell you, Brian, I, we talked about this all the time. Um, once you have a damaged body image, that, that will set, that will, that'll be the hardest thing you ever deal with your whole entire life. Yep. Because I know what the right thing to do in fitness is, but sometimes I can't take my eye off what I think I should look like. Though my head, my, I know the information, 
So you're, you're working with these people, and this is me included. You're working with people, I'm just being honest. Sure. You're working with people who didn't come to the table with the best mindset, and we've had to change our mindset over the years, and we can easily go back, and we can quickly go back to, but wait a second, am I going to burn enough calories if I do this? Is mobility training the best thing for me? Absolutely. But am I going to burn calories when I do it? Yeah. So I'm, I'm a sick person. I'm always in this, um, this struggle, this internal struggle with what I see in the mirror, which is probably what's true in the mirror, and then what I know I need to do. So, so when it comes to where I see the street going, I think more people are coming around like me because we, you do get to a place where it does become longevity and autonomy. Like I want to live a long life and I want to be autonomous. I don't want to have to use a cane or a walker. I don't want to have a slip and fall injury when I'm 75, you know? So, but if we can get the younger people now to start thinking in those terms, that would make a difference in the industry. It, it's difficult because you, um, we, I'll say Generation X, when we grew up, it was, it was very much body image. It's what you look like. It was the aerobic dancers. It was, um, everyone was lean. In the 80s, the, the, the minority was, the, was overweight. Yeah. The overweight population was the minority. Now that the overweight is the majority of the population, um, what we're seeing now is that we're trying to, if you're a good fitness professional, you want to lead the brand and you want to look mm -hmm. the part. And to do that, our initial images, and it's kind of like, what sets our interests uh, just with hormones and teenagers, you know, what, what we kind of identify as our perfect um, mates ingrained mm -hmm. in your teen years yeah. it's defined and solidified with hormones, and everything else. But when we start transitioning into the fitness model, our first role models look this way, behave that way. Um, they had the bodies that we were pursuing at the time because we weren't in the, the, uh, the fitness, the, um, the optimal zone. So we pursued that body image. And now as we take it forward, we're trying to pursue something that was unrealistic. Um, and then science has changed and convoluted most of the process where we, we were following the prescription put out by the experts facing mm -hmm. the body image that was unrealistic. And then we had these roadblocks that kept being put in our path to say, well, if you want to look like, and because in our minds we're like, if you want to look like that person you saw 20 years ago, you need to do these things. Right. Um, it's got to be low carb. Nope. No, it's got to be low fat. Nope. Nope. It's got to be high protein, you know, no grains. I've seen it all. Yeah. And I've done it all. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I don't think we've even come full circle yet no. uh, because we're still seeing shifts in what we're supposed to be doing. I think the biggest fear for me in the fitness industry, and it's not a fear, but my biggest concern in the fitness industry is with, with my generation, we're eventually going to transition out. You know, I'm be, I mean, I'm a scratch and claw, but until someone can backfill my role, um, I will, I will, I'm going to stay around and, and be, try to be relevant. But my fear is this younger generation, they get their content much differently than I did. I got them from conferences and I got them from education. I got them from certifications. I got them, you know, from being active in the industry, meeting people like you, you know, every, every person that comes into your life in fitness, something will change and it'll change what you think or see or feel. Um, the younger generation that's coming up, they don't have the same connections. They don't need the same connections. They don't try to get the same connections. So their connections are just going to be on their Instagram or on their YouTube or on their Facebook feeds. It's nothing that's real. It's more virtual and they're not going to have the same experiences. So that's when the, that's when the crap knowledge or the crap information um, is going to spread. So that, that's my biggest concern about the industry is, where are they going to get their information? And sometimes they like so much information, but they don't ever put it into practice. Everything looks great on paper. I mean, I can put together a, a great cycle workout. I do it like 
Friday nights, I put together a great cycle playlist that I write it all down. I match the song to the music. I go to teach the class the next day. I'm like, well, that was ridiculously ridiculous. <laughs> it looks great on paper, you know, but these, these, this generation doesn't, doesn't have a practical use for it. You know, they don't put it in a practice. And there's no continuity to bridge the gap between, because our generation, if everything's going right and you're talking about, you know, being autonomous and being active and yeah. not being hurt, there's another 20 to 30 years of training that the lower generation is not going to have that emotional or physical connection with the older yeah. population. Um, and because we are the, the oldest as far as, I mean, the baby boomers are still out there, but as far as yeah. the longest running fitness generation, um, we're about 15, 20 years from when they go to retirement and there won't be, there'll be no continuity between generations as far as yeah. how they're transitioning that knowledge and that expertise into an aging population. What I'm hoping in the industry is going to happen is I hope this, this generation, you know, that's going to uh, precede me, I'm hoping that their focus will be longevity and autonomy, you know, not, not, not counting calories, not worried about the size of their waist. That's, I mean, that's important, but we get so hyper-focused on what, how you look in the mirror that you get so stuck in your head that the actual facts don't matter, you know, the actual facts don't matter. So getting a woman to lift a heavy weight now is a bit easier. Yep. You get easier. But Jeff, Brian, I just want to teach P90X to have ladies that will put a five-pound weight in their hand. I'm like, your water bottle is heavier than this dumbbell. Like, don't be afraid. It's still you know? stereotype. The weights are bad. Especially oh, weights are bad. Weights will look me up. Weights will, you know, unless you're eating chicken and taking, you know, and upping your testosterone level, you're not going to get very, you know, you're just going to get strong. And I, I'm, I've evolved so much in my thoughts on, on fitness and planes of motion and how to move the body properly. But we still have a generation of people who just want to do just barbell training, yep. just barbell training, you know, not full spectrum training. That so a big gap is the idea back in the day was that being bulky, um, metabolisms now are driven by how much muscle mass in your overhead. And because women in, in particular, they shied away from weights, not a lot of muscle mass, their metabolism slowed down as they age. And that's why they're fighting the weight is, um, yeah. As much as they are as they get older, they're not used to, they don't have much muscle mass on their body. So that has changed. And we have a generation of women now that are not afraid of weights and dumbbells and barbells. That's the best. Because you want a long runway to the finish line, you know? Like you don't want to start lifting heavy weights in your 50s. Like you, you're shutting down your run. Like you want to have a long runway to finish strong, you know? It's that. hard to catch up. It'd be, hard, it'd be hard to add muscle in your 60s that you're going to need to survive and thrive in your 70s. We don't teach that. So that's... That's the goal. The hormones aren't there. I mean, unless you're supplementing or you're doing uh, hormone therapy, it yeah. won't be there to develop it. Right. You're doing. No one's teaching that. No. I shouldn't say no one. People teach that, but it's not sexy enough yet for people to listen. You know, that's the problem. That voice is very quiet. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. So you've seen, um, you've seen the trends. You understand how the nutrition has gone back and forth. Yeah. Um, what, what are some of the biggest struggles? Cause you're a professional and I've, I think some of the most messed up people that I've met, myself included, especially with um, our perceived health, are trainers. I mean, we're, oh, yeah. we're pretty banged up people mentally and physically. I mean, we've pushed ourselves to the limit. We've tried everything out there. We've done, you know, every diet along the way, um, still trying to figure out what's optimal for us. But um, what do you feel over all this time that you've been watching fitness evolve? What's been your biggest struggle? My personal biggest struggle? Yeah. Good. With your own fitness. So um, I'll never forget the day I was a junior in high school between my, between my sophomore and my junior. So my just became a junior in high school and a guy named Roth. And I, so I was always very thin 
and a guy named Raphael Edwards. I'll never forget his name. He said, hey, Spooner. So I made a name. Hey, Spooner, it's about time you put some meat on your bones. I had just probably um, got a little curvy. I was never overweight. Um, but that one thing that one person said to me, that one thing was set the trajectory of my entire life, in my entire life. So think about how, think about this one. And this kid probably just thought, oh, the girl finally got a booty, you know? And I took it as an absolutely the worst thing someone could say to me. So from that point on, my fitness journey was always about how to stay skinny. And Brian, I, I, I never considered health, to be honest with you. I never considered health until probably my mid-30s. I never considered, I never considered working out about being healthy. I considered it about just trying to be skinny, you know? And, 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 and by the way, never matching up to my own idea of what that perfect body should be. Always an aspiration of something I couldn't be. Everyone has a body type, you know? You're either going to have boobs or a butt or a small waist. If you had all three perfect, you're going to be on television, you know? So the, the visuals that were given as women, men too, but more women, we're more susceptible to it, I think. Um, the visuals we're getting as women of this perfect body, and now with Photoshopping, good Lord have mercy, on these younger kids. You know, it plays so hard with your brain. So the idea of health and fitness to me was always about a size. It was never about how I was going to feel on the inside. I've met the right people, you included. Um, I've met the right people that have taught me, like, that's not, what did I eat one time? I was eating something, and you're like, that's not good for you. I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. It's not. I think it was like at Summit, and I was eating some junk. I'm like, oh, my God. Because I do believe that it's about moderation. I do believe that it's, you know, eat, drink, and be merry in moderation. Yep. But I never considered that eating that candy, to me, was about calories a day. I banked in those, I think it was gummy you know, some. It was like candy. I banked in that candy into my day, you know? And you were like, it's not good for you. What are you doing? I knew it wasn't good for me. You were explaining like the spike in my sugar level. I'm getting migraines. And you're, I'm like, oh my God, my migraines could be diet related. What? Suffered migraines my entire life. You know? So, so my version of health and fitness, oh my gosh, um, has evolved so much because of, because of the people I've met and because I'm open to learning, you know? And, and I think in the fitness, we can't be afraid, like you can't be afraid to, to give some information to people. I don't, I don't necessarily, you can't be dogmatic. Like if you don't, if you're a vegan, I don't like people who are vegans throwing that at me all the time. I appreciate that you're a vegan, but you don't, it's like, it's like a religion to them. Um, we yeah. can't make it a religion, but we do need to, you know, drop little, I think that the best, the most successful trainers like you, you drop information into people's lives that make a difference. And that's what we all should be doing is sprinkling information in people's lives, kind of like a bait and switch, yep. you know, sprinkle information. So we want more. So we want more information. So, um, yeah, health and fitness for me now is hella different than it was even, you know, 10 years ago. Now with, because you had mentioned that, um, we've all got those people. And I, I mentioned it early on in the podcast that there was, there's that moment where you're like, I ignored what my body image might have looked like up until that moment. And all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I've been ignoring this whole thing. Have I, have, have I been wrong? Have I not looked right? Am I not appealing? Um, and, and like you had said, it hasn't had anything to do with health and fitness. Yeah. It was attraction. And then as you get older, I mean, obviously people still want to be um, appealing visually, mm -hmm. but it starts to 
eat away at the core of you and it takes away a little bit of your identity because now you are so overly obsessed with um the the time and the focus that goes into am i right am i eating right do i look right am i dressed right and we're seeing that now that's it's it's a paradox that we've got people that are fit because you're a fit person that are having the same types of mental battles as someone that's overweight and has never been fit but if you look at the amount of time that's been spent uh, tugging, pulling, looking, weighing, you know, looking at your food, obsessing about your diet. It's almost the same that we've got these two people that neither of them are happy with their body image and their body type. And is we there, don't have anyone. Any this is almost something like you don't talk about. That you have learned. We don't talk about body image um, trainers. That you has know, helped you. Just one of them, um, a super trainer overcome where we're coming from is someone that's super some of the body image issues whether it was uh you just kind of came to term and came to grips with it and it was a a path of self-discovery or was there um a person or a meditation or how is it that you're able to set aside this thing that doesn't exist it only exists in our mind but how were you able to set this thing aside um and are you still still working on it oh my gosh so well go a couple things one is it's a, it's a day. It's kind of embarrassing, but it's a daily struggle. Um, I remember reading an article one time, Brian, um, and it talked about women and their body image. And they gave these women, they gave these women, the, men and women, they gave like husband and wife or boyfriend or girlfriend, the job at a beach to go out and find someone who you think resembles your body type. So the woman went out on the beach and found and pulled the woman back, back to this place. And a man came back with what he thought his wife looked like, right? So I would go and find someone I think I look like, and the man would go and find someone he thought his wife looked like or girlfriend looked like. And it was remarkable that the woman would bring back someone who did not resemble her body type at all. She's normally larger. She's normally maybe curvier. And sometimes it was smaller, but not really. But it was a, when I read that article, I thought, oh my gosh, we do not see ourselves as we truly are. And so that was my first time when I thought I need to work on this. Right. And then when the man, when the man brought back someone who looked even better, the way that the man sees their wife or their girlfriend was so remarkably different that I tried to make it a goal to see myself as, as I truly am or how maybe how my husband sees me, you know, because as you age, and I don't know if it's for everybody, but I do believe that we, we nitpick ourselves. And over the past 10 years, Every year I'll find something I don't like about myself and I have to fight it. And so now I'm in a place where I have, my goal is longevity and autonomy and to be the healthiest person I can be mentally. And that does help, but it's a rabbit hole. It's a rabbit hole. The minute I start thinking, oh, um, my, my waist or, you know, my arms or I'll, I'll find one thing every year I feel like to nitpick myself about. And if you keep that up, by the time you die, you will hate yourself. Just think about the stress level that it's causing. Um, cortisol is a real problem if you're oh, yeah. stressed out all the time. Um, now, so the, goal, the goal would be try to see yourself how others see you. And it takes, it takes good friends for that, you know, and, and it takes... I, I remember telling, um, I think I told you, I told a couple people that this year is the year I'm going to try to leave myself alone. I'm just going to try to mentally leave myself alone, work out, eat right, do all the right things, check the right boxes, and just leave myself alone. I love that. Now, do you find being, because you're in, you're in the fitness mecca, you're in LA, you know, and you're, you're always surrounded by um, not just people that have been in the industry as long as we have, but people that are just starting out. Mm-hmm. 
it um do you think being around the la scene is contributes to your issues uh, probably probably California, yeah, California. Because you got to figure. For me personally, yeah, it was of course California, and I've always worked in the fitness industry. I remember, I remember one of my first fitness conferences. God, when I was probably that 120 pounds, I was uh-huh. 30 pounds less than I am now, 120 pounds, and thinking I didn't, I didn't add up. I I couldn't. I felt I felt out of place at that size 25 years ago. You know, 25. So mentally, so it's, it it plays tricks on you because. You are around just, so in my experience, I am just around fitness people, you know? So yeah. that's my, that's my version of the real world when actually true health and fitness comes in all shapes and sizes. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be a size five to be truly healthy. I've been a size eight or size 10 my entire life, you know, which people, that, that's my, those are my numbers. Like I've very, very, I don't deviate from that set those sizes. You know, so for me mentally, the rest of the business tends to be a heck of a lot smaller sometimes in my world. But when I leave my world, actually, I'm, I, you know, I, I would be considered, I'm, I think, more average compared to my industry, you know? So it plays tricks on your brain. Well, think about the population. And I, I did a, um, I talked about this a little bit on my last show that it's with 70% of the US population being overweight or obese. And then you've got the remaining 30%, which doesn't categorize healthy people. It just means they're not right. overweight. So they could be yeah. under, underweight, um, disordered eating, um, at weight, but unhealthy. So the population that's actually healthy, um, proportionately in the right place as far as health, not necessarily magazine covers or you know right. false images, but the, the number of people that are in that line, and you're one of them, you're, you're in the smallest of the smallest percentile and we still struggle. Cause it, cause in my industry, in my estimation, in my, in my brain, I'm on the, the larger size, you know, I'm Which on a larger nice. and that, that's, that's how I grew up yeah. in this industry, you know? So when I leave this area and I go out to like the real, the real world, you know, it's, it, I, I can have a different mindset, but I would just, it's, it's, it's crazy. And California is crazy. And, and now with Instagram and, and Photoshopping and face tuning and the Kardashians, I can go on and on and on and on and on right. about how we are bombarded. You know, the, the shape of a woman's face is changing because of, of influencers who are having people shoot up their faces with fillers and lips. It's like the, the natural aging process for a face is different now than it used to be. Faces don't look the same, you know? Because they're they're so shot with fillers and lips, and um, it, it's it's crazy what people do for an image they see on a phone. It's on not a phone, real. It's a phone. Instagram. Yep. It's not even real, and they'll bring it to their doctor and say, "I want it like this," and there's people and doctors will do it. Blech. Yeah, it's there, crazy. There, there's a cool exercise, and um, I was talking about this with Jenny. There's, if you look back and you think about, um, because our, our disorders live in the, in the present, mm-hmm. it's very difficult that we don't look back and we don't think, uh, two years ago, how stressed out we are about our image. Right. And we're not thinking about two years from now, how stressed out I'm going to be about my image. It's only in this exact moment. But if you have, um, memories and usually vacations because typically most people, I think freak out right before vacation, you know, I'm bathing mm-hmm. soon, I, I look right. But when you reflect back on your, your, your good times, 
it's not often that you reflect and be like, oh yeah, I was really shredded on that vacation. It's everything else around the, uh, the experience, who you were with, the times yep. you had, the last, and that never comes up. So you, you're this, the, um, the insecurities that we carry only exist in the present. Mm-hmm. And the proof of that is that you can look back on some time that you spent with friends, family, vacations, whatever it was, and it, you can't even recall how you were feeling at the moment, even though it was likely that it dominated your mind at the time. Right. So if you could, put yourself, if you could put yourself in that present state and be like, mm-hmm. I need to make the most out of this because it's with people and friends and I'm doing something I love with people I love, then nobody actually is carrying the judgment that we carry ourselves. Oh, yeah. Um, I, we're, we're so hard on ourselves. I remember reading a, um, I read a lot and uh, a devotional I was reading. This is years ago, Brian. So it's so important that we always feed our brain, feed our brain for the future, like feed your brain for the future. So I read a devotional, honest to God, it must've been 20, more than 20 years ago. And it talked about the essence of a person. And when you age, what's important to you in your twenties is going to be gone. So how you look, you know, your aesthetics is going to be gone. When you're 75, it's going to be gone. And who are you at your core? Yep. Like who are you? the essence? Like you're just going to be a shell. You'll just be a shell, but it's your insides that matter. And I read that. And that's one thing that I do. That is always, I've tried to make that my true North. Always make that my true because the, the aesthetics is going to be gone. What's it, what, what, what I've wasted so much of my time, energy, love, and spirit on is going to be gone. Yep. But what am I going to be when I'm in my seventies? I want to be, a really good person that contributes. I want to be, um, I still want to be young at heart and young at spirit. And, and I want to be able to have fun with my grandkids. You know, I want to have a long life for my kids and I don't want to care that I'm no longer a size eight because the natural aging progression is going to put some meat on your bones, especially because if you get sick, you want to be able to have something to fight it with. So if you, if I could drop all my, if I could drop all of the stuff I've learned, good, bad, and ugly into some 20 year old trainer's head, you know, because the institutional knowledge we get from the years in the industry, it, it, it's unfortunate. It takes so long to get to this place. If I had this mindset in my thirties, I would have had a much, I wouldn't say happier life. I would say that I wouldn't have agonized over the stupid little things, you know, yep. the stupid little things I'd agonize over the clothes I wouldn't wear things I wouldn't do the, the mindset, you know, just, it, you know, and just enjoy my body more because if you can't enjoy the body and with my body all the time, it's like, it's the one thing that's, it's my constant. And for me to battle mentally with my body all the time, all the time, that's just, it's, it's it, a part of it's embarrassing to me to admit this, but if you struggle, if you're always fighting with yourself internally, you're missing so much of this external, you know, love and, um, and, and vibe that's going on around you because you're internally mode thinking, Oh, is my waist look bad in these pants? You know, is my neck getting too old to wear this shirt? You know, you agonize about that. So you don't get to focus on what's actually happening around you. You're missing life. You lose out on it. And I can't think of a worse place than to have to go through self-discovery in your, in your sixties. Yeah. Like you said, when all the, the physical stuff is worn off, you're going to have left the sum of your lifestyle, you know, whatever lifestyle you've carried the majority of your life, what you have to deal with your lifestyle and your genetics, the, the sum of that is what you're going to have in your sixties. I and can say without a shadow of doubt, Brian, if, if, if there is a woman out there, a man too, but I speak to women mostly, 
if you are getting your identity through a picture you put on Instagram, I will tell you in 20 years, it's going to be a long haul to get your brain back in order. So get it in order now. Wow. That is, that's, that's worth its weight in gold. If, I, if there was one thing I was hoping you would say that would uh, kind of summarize what all the experience and everything you've done. Oh. Um, that's probably the most powerful thing you've said so far. I, Cause I see it. I feel it. I, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the, the struggle is such a, the struggle is real and you have to, you have to battle your brain and you have to put down that internal voice constantly. Um, I, I, I was teaching my psycho class the other week and uh, there was a song that came on uh, uh, you say it's this beautiful song called you say and it's and I remember telling my class I, I would hope someday that I could see myself as God sees me and how my husband sees me if I could see myself through those two eyes and that's that has to be my focus my husband thinks I'm beautiful regardless and God thinks I'm beautiful all the time and if I can focus on seeing myself as those with those with that you know lens Versus the length versus the reflection in the mirror, you know, it, I would have a much more fulfilled life. It's a struggle. Night, and those, that's so I focus on things like that. Just imagine the peace. Oh, that is. And imagine if I would have gotten therapy 20 years ago. So I will give a pitch for therapy as well. I would have gotten <laughs> therapy 20 years ago as well. You know, talk myself off those crazy ledges. Yeah. I'd have a, I would, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the same struggle I have now, you know? That Barb, that is awesome. Um, so, do, do you have any other last? I don't know how you can top that. But uh, is, is there anything else? I guess let's say for the someone, there's someone that's looking to actually to get into fitness, or they want to be able to contribute to somebody else's well-being instead of their mm-hmm. own. Um, what what type of emotional tactics do you think can help support a relationship with somebody? Um, let's say because I think girls are rough on girls um, oh. as far as you know. They don't necessarily say don't mimic or don't follow me, um, but they almost imply it with the with their behaviors and their Instagram mm-hmm. um, that they're they're pretty much creating that hole. Yeah. So it's just what type of friendships do you have that you surround yourself with, and why are they great with relation to body image and health and fitness? The people that accept you the most is it mm-hmm. something that you guys just don't talk about, or no, is it no. you guys share struggles with? Um, I think the, the closest people to me, um, are people I share my struggles with. They've all not been healthy relationships in the beginning. You know, we would run, we'd be the group that would run 10 miles and solve the world problems on a run mm-hmm. where now we'd solve the problems over coffee because we have the same true struggles, children, um, relationships, time, man, like things you surround yourself with people that, that, that have your same values and you can find them in a shallow place. One of my best friends I found um, at the gym and we spent all our time working out. And now she's one of my dearest friends and confidants and someone who understands me and my raising my children and my marriage. So you can find those relationships and she would be the one who would absolutely be honest and talk me off any ledge mentally. And also friends um, you can joke with because to me, well, personally for me, because I like having fun, Mm-hmm. My my closest circle of friends are probably some of the funniest people on the planet and make me laugh. And you and you, so you can't take yourself too seriously. If you were just surrounded by, you know, people who were always taking selfies and in the mirror and it would it would 
it would be a very shallow existence. When we find rich friendships with people that make you laugh, just laugh out loud and laugh at things and laugh at stupid things, laugh at menopause. So right now the joke of my life on Instagram is menopause. It is the, <laughs> it is the wildest, it is the wildest roller coaster. And when you find people who, who, who have not yet gone through it and those who have gone through it, it is funny stuff. You got to find the humor in it. So when you find friends who find the humor in real life dirt, like the real life struggles, uh-huh. not the stupid things, you know, but like the real life stuff, like, listen, I can no longer wear, you know, wear this top because I'm sweating through it in a meeting, you know, and find this humor in it, find the humor in it. That's the only way to survive and to thrive. And I would tell any young trainer who wants to get an industry and not just fitness instructors, because I do qualify. Listen, I am a fitness instructor first, a group X instructor. I am a gateway drug. Uh-huh. I'm a great way drug grind to someone like you. That's how I see myself is I'm a wide funnel and I bring people in that fitness room and I get them moving and I want them to have fun. And the goal is to get them someone like you who can actually be what they need for, for a longer life. You know, I get them in the door, you keep them right. That's so awesome. My goal for these young trainers would be find a way to get to your level. If they want to find true longevity in the industry, get to your level and then have, have a holistic approach. Because it can't, it's not like your gym, you, you, you have CrossFit and you have um, uh, like boot camp wellness. Yep. And now you're becoming more wellness because wellness is actually where the future is. It's in wellness. It's not just in, you know, taking my P, my P90X class will get you in the door, hopefully. And I hope I will sprinkle enough knowledge to all of, um, to sprinkle enough knowledge to the participants to know that they need more than me. They need more than one hour of me. They need you know, 23 hours of you in their head. I'm, so I think that's awesome. You got to find, you got to find your lane. That's what you were talking about. It's the, uh, the bait and switch. So you, you, yeah. you, get, you get them in the door and then you start having the more serious conversation yeah. about how to really improve their lives. Yeah. I get them in the, I listen for one hour with a microphone with some music playing. And, you know, I start to shake my boot and I start clapping. Around, I drive crazy. <laughs> I know. Um, but I get them motivated. I get them pumped and I tell them to drink their water and then I'll tell them to get their sleep. And I'll say, if you want more information, find a good nutritionist, find a good, find a good trainer, find a good healthy lifestyle coach, you know, healthy lifestyle coaches, by the way, that was the catchphrase 15 years ago. And now it really is coming into more, not just a lifestyle coach, but a life coach. Yep. So like, your role becomes more as a life coach, which is you cover all the gamuts. Are they eating? Are they sleeping? Are they getting the right nutrition? Are they drinking their gosh darn fiber? Fiber is sexy. That's right. You know? are, they, are they getting the fiber they need? Like all of those things. I can't give them that info in one hour of class with music and with choreography. I can't, but I can give them enough information to pique their interest. That's so if you're coming in this industry, if you can't be you, then be me and pique people's interest to be better and find a you. Right. That's awesome. Um, Barb, I can't thank you enough for sharing um, your experience and your words and your passion. Um, it's always a, it's always a privilege when we get to share some time together um, and thank you for what you do. And uh, thank you for being a leader in the industry. Oh, thanks Brian. You got it. Um, all right. Well, that's going to wrap this one up. Um, again, Barb Radowski, she's worth finding on Facebook. She does have enough comedy in her fitness to make it worth following. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if it's not funny i'm not doing it if it's that's not it funny, and uh and you're gonna get all the sass to go along with it mm-hmm. all right awesome thanks a lot more thanks brian got it take care thanks for listening to the beyond the dumbbell show 
we know you have thousands of options for content and entertainment. We appreciate you spending time with us. If you enjoyed our show, please share our web address, www.beyondthedumbbells.com, and maybe drop us a review. Until next time, live beyond.